0: Uh, baby second string ooh I'm starting this at a good time you guys caught me you guys caught me at a good time I just made myself laugh a considerable amount <laughs> from sending a message oh my god I maybe I don't know if it I don't know if it's a uh, if it's a flaw or a good part about my personality I make myself laugh pretty frequently on the good side, I love to laugh. So whether it's other people, television, myself, whatever it is, when shit makes me laugh, I like it. I love to laugh. It's one of my favorite parts about being a human being. So listen, if I got to do the heavy labor, if I got to do all the work around this goddamn place just to get a sandwich and to make myself laugh, then so be it. I'll take it. Someone's got to make me laugh here. If it's going to be me, if it has to be me, then fine. That comes with the territory. I don't mind it. On the negative side, I feel like everyone's kind of like, oh, fuck that guy. The guy who makes themselves laugh. Like when you're with someone and they say something, I hate it. Cause I'm just describing myself when they, you're with someone and they say something and no one else really laughs. And then they laugh and you're just like, oh man, that wasn't funny, but they think it's hilarious. So it's almost like, cause you have those situations where Someone 's being a dick or making shitty jokes, and your other buddies are like laughing, so they 're egging it on and it 's like bro don 't you know don 't feed his ego don 't make him keep going, but in this situation, no one laughs at at my joke, but i 'm laughing, so in my head i 'm like well i 'm going to keep going. No one else thought it was funny. it probably wasn 't funny, but it made me laugh, so now i 'm in an absolutely toxic cycle where i 'm feeding my own ego and i 'm encouraging myself. Where everyone else in the room's like, dude, fucking wrap it up with the jokes, guy. You're off your game tonight. But in my head, I'm like, that was fucking hilarious. That I have to say at least 20 more jokes before the night ends now. I mean, I just made my laugh so- myself laugh so much. I would be doing a disservice to not only myself, but because I made myself laugh. In my head, I'm like, oh, my- therefore, my friends must think it's funny. Now I'm doing a disservice not only to myself, but my friends that I'm hanging out with. If I don't keep just ripping off jokes, someone's got to bring the laughs. But in their minds, they're like, dude, not funny. You're the only one laughing. And because I'm the only one laughing in my head, I'm like, I'm fucking Dave Chappelle who? Um, But on the positive side, I love the laugh. And if I'm like, you know, I'll do it. If you could have told Matthew Stafford, hey, Matthew, there's a way. There's a way for you to throw... And catch touchdowns and play defense and do it all at a high level. There's a way. You can take this magic pill and you can do all those things and you'll win a Super Bowl. If you would have told him that the day he got drafted by the Lions, he would have said he would have eaten the whole bag of pills. That's kind of what making yourself laugh is like. It's like, oh, Nick, you can throw the ball and catch it for a touchdown. How's about that? Are you kidding me? Of course, I'm down. I don't need to rely on anybody else. Fuck yeah, baby. I'm a strong, independent male. That's what it's all about. Of course I'm going to throw and catch the touchdown. Hey, Matthew Stafford, you're losing games because – I mean, I don't want to bring this up. It's old water under the bridge. We're past it. Who cares? DeAndre Swift's dropping the touchdown in the end zone to beat the Bears week one. Hey, Matt, you can – Matthew, sorry. You can throw and catch. You can do both. Just take this pill. Bro, he's taking all the fucking pills. If he takes two of them, he gets to play defense too. Boom, fifty Super Bowls in Detroit. The Lions own the NFL. The Patriots never exist. I probably am Dave Portnoy. The second string eats Barstool Sports alive. Alternate universe. We'll never know, but there is an alternate universe where that happens. If I have the potential though that that alternate universe can be my humor life, like I I have I have an impact on how many times I laugh a day. And if I decide to say some stupid shit to my friends in our group chat that I think is funny, I'm going to do it. It'll give me, even if they don't think it's funny, it'll give me a little bit of a chuckle. And that's what it's all about, baby. That's why we're here. That's why you woke up this morning. Be grateful that you can make yourself laugh, man. Um, No, but before we go down the life positive vibes road too much, not what I'm talking about today. I kind of, that was, that whole, this whole few first few minutes was very impromptu. Not part of the plan today. Not part of the game plan. I just sent the message literally right before and I was still laughing. So I was like, hey, don't be afraid to make yourself, moral of the story, don't be afraid to make yourself laugh every once in a while. Because guess what? If you could throw and catch touchdowns, you do it too. That's the, that's the analogy. Anyways, it's Monday. I'm recording this on a Monday. I was I wanted to release one today. I was so gassed yesterday. Big night Saturday night. Lot of drinking, lot of Oberons out in the daylight, little beer die, you know how it goes. Some pickup basketball earlier in the afternoon. Um die die in itself is like a full-time job. Die in itself is like the NFL combine. I mean, you're standing, you're diving, you're jumping. It's it takes immense concentration to keep your eye on that little fucking thing bouncing all over the place. You got you it's a mental battle to figure out why can't I throw this stupid die on the board like it's a massive board and I throw it on the ground every time. Massive mental warfare game. Um, really physically taxing too. Like your lower back. Listen, a lot, of the, a lot of that game is just you standing there. The lower back, it is gonna, it's going to take a beating. It's going to take a beating, especially if you're like me. You probably don't do a whole lot of stretching. You've been told to do yoga a million different times by a million different people. You've done it a few times, and it's one of those things where you're all – it's like reading kind of. It's one of those things where every time you do it, you're like, man, that was nice. I should do that more, but you just don't. If you're like me standing there all day, that'll take an absolute toll. You play more than like two games, that's a toll going in on the lower back. Not to mention, slugging down beers is maybe the most difficult of any task. Like, what do you feel more exhausted after? Drinking eight-plus beers in the sun or running two miles? Like, it's very close. It is very close. And those are two wildly different things. One of them is actually exercise. One of them, again, if you're like me, don't run a whole lot. I fucking hate it, as a matter of fact. Not to give you too much insight into my life, but when I do cardio, I like to either play a little basketball or hit the bike. I hate running. I hate distance running. It's my least favorite thing. You run two miles, I feel like I got hit with a baseball bat the next day. Drinking eight beers in the sunlight, like 50 degrees or warmer, putting down beers during the day, like over an extended period, that shit adds up the next day. The next day, you're sitting there like, I could have swore I just sat in a lawn chair, played drinking games and like watched basketball yesterday. Why do I feel like I trained for a decathlon? Why why? But that's how it goes. Long day Saturday. A lot of old friends came into town which is great. That's always a pleasure. One of those one of those existential I've had a couple of those recently, the existential crisis weekends where it's like the next day, like today on the Monday, you're like, damn, it sucks how that isn't just every weekend of my life. It's one of those week Like when I went to Austin a couple weekends ago too, that next Monday, same shit, where you're like, man, I really, like that's a once, like a couple times a year weekend for me. That's a damn shame. Like I really just live in the suburbs with my parents. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's a... Don't get me wrong. I love it. Let's save money, and then in a year, we'll make the big move. I'll let you in. One of these days, I'll do, like, a life podcast and just talk about, I guess that sounds pretty selfish and why the fuck would anyone care, but give a little insight into me as a person, like, what I, what the life plan is. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of entertaining, or maybe just do it for, like, 10, 15. But, you know, we're saving money, but at the same time, when you have those great weekends where, like, you hang out with college friends or... Or friends you don't see very often. Or or you just do something very fun. Because, let's face it, if you're like me, 8 out of 10 weekends are just kind of like same old, same old. And then you sprinkle in the weekends where it's like, wow, that fucking ruled. I wish I did that every weekend. Those weekends are what I'm talking about. Where then Monday rolls around and you're like, god damn it. Why is my life not just that all the time? The existential crisis weekends. Everyone knows. Literally everyone knows what I'm talking about. So had one of those Sunday, I just felt battered, beaten, wounded, like Mel Gibson, Passion of the Christ level wounded. Couldn't do it. I thought about it, thought about it a few times, spent the early part of my Sunday on the couch, um, spent the middle part of my Sunday on the couch, a little bit of floor, and then spent the last part of my Sunday also on the couch. Thought about it many times, like, dude, I can sit in a chair and talk for 30 minutes. Didn't have it. Just didn't have it. I knew I'd come in flat, would have nothing, like, just no energy, and that's no fun. I don't want to put shit out where I'm just like, that was so half-assed. Who wants that? Not you, not me, nobody. So I said, you know what? I've been doing pretty well, four podcasts a week, and I think I may do that. Just stick to the four podcasts a week. We'll just do Tuesday through Friday. Instead of Monday through Thursday, it'll be Tuesday through Friday. No big deal. We're fine. I got some good stuff planned this week too, but we're back. We're back feeling good. We got some good stuff to talk today. I've already spent like 10 minutes on this intro just talking about random shit. Recapping the weekend, I guess. But we have some good basketball stuff to talk about today. I love starting off the week. That's my favorite thing. I love when a weekend comes and goes and then... I record the next podcast because again, I always say this feels like it's been a week since the last time I've done this, even though it's like a few days, I love when a week come and goes comes weekend, comes and goes. And then on that Monday or the next time I record a podcast, there's just a bunch of new sports shit that's happened. A bunch of new y- news and stuff for me to talk about. That's like my favorite thing in the world. And that's where we're at right now. We have some juicy, juicy college basketball stuff, Michigan state. Tyson Walker don't know it didn't know a ton about him. I watched the highlight tape obviously I've seen the stats freshman point guard at Northeastern University transfers to Michigan State athletic can shoot can pass defensive Player of the year and God knows what conference he's in, he was in he wants to come to Michigan State saw a quote of him talking about it saying Oh, yeah, I talked to the, the coaches and all that stuff. They think out they want to win a championship. They said they need me there. They said I'm the missing piece. All right, bro. Fucking talk that shit, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's the type of guy I want. Hell, yeah, we're, we're trying to win a championship. That's why Michigan State basketball exists, brother. Huge news, especially I've talked about this past season so many goddamn times, especially looking at the season and why it went so wrong. It's very hard to win in basketball when you don't have a point guard. And you look at MSU the last 10, 15, 20 years, we've had the point guard situation so figured out, so figured out. Not even just like, oh, yeah, like we got to get – like he's solid. He can play. It feels like the entire time I followed MSU hoops, outside of maybe the one tum-tum year, the entire time I followed, it's been like, oh, yeah, our point guard's our best player. Like our point guard, not only is he solid, he's fucking good. So it feels so just relieving, like a weight off your shoulders as a fan, just looking forward to next year. Because I can't, I can't do another year of being really bad. I'm sorry, but I just can't do it. I can't do it. Like it was being irrelevant. I mean, not totally irrelevant, but kind of, you know, for the most part, being irrelevant this year was so like just depressing Like, not caring about Michigan State when they played. The middle stretch of that season where they were dead in the water, like, I didn't watch a couple games. For the first time in years, I didn't watch a few games. And that feeling alone is so depressing. Like, oh, MSU plays tonight? I'll just watch a movie instead. That fucking, that pains me to my core that I made that decision a couple times this year. So the fact that we addressed probably the biggest position of need, probably the biggest contributing factor to why we sucked this year, we got a guy who averaged 18 point something, five assists on percentages that are similar to what Cassius Winston did in his last year at Michigan State, and he was the conference defensive player of the year. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I feel pretty good about him. Tyson Walker, baby. Welcome to the fucking family, brother. Exactly what the doctor ordered. The other thing, the other thing that's huge about this, and I think may go more by the wayside, this season, as bad as it was, as much as I never want to do it again, as much as we took our lumps and all that shit, this season wasn't in vain. Tom Izzo, Tom Izzo learned a lesson. Tom Izzo being like an old head, a traditional guy who... You know, he's been successful for 25 years. Probably a guy where if you looked at it from the outside or on first judgment, you're probably thinking like, yeah, Tom Izzo's not not changing up the blueprint at Michigan State anytime soon. Tom Izzo's not panicking. He's not saying, oh, it's, it." I need to figure it out. Like, it's just the world. It was just a fluke year. It's like the D'Antonio thing. At, We're at the end of D'Antonio where it's like, Everyone else is looking at it like, "Hey, Mark, it, this—it's not—you got to figure it out, brother. Like, it's not working." Could easily look at Tom Izzo's situation with the transfer market kind of becoming almost just as important as normal recruiting. Like, you look at what Michigan did, and I'll talk about Michigan later today. They bring in Mike Smith and Shondy Brown, two of their mo- most important players. Like, that's the way college basketball is going. Even in football, too. Mel Tucker. He's made it very clear that the transfer portal is a high priority. You could look at Tom and be like, he's the guy who just strikes me as like, I don't give a fuck about the transfer portal. Like, this is how we do it at state. We're never going to change. It's very refreshing, and it gives you a little bit of peace. And like, all right, I can live with that a little bit more. The fact that this season was so bad, and Tom Izzo kind of looked at what programs like Michigan did, looked at his situation, and was like, all right, man. I know we got some good freshmen coming in, but, like, we need fucking help, and we need it now. And he got after it, instantly got after it. Tyson Walker, I don't know, like, if there are any better point guards in the portal or what. Um, This guy seems like a stud, and he also has three years of eligibility left. He's not, like, a grad transfer. Like, this dude unless he goes to the league, is going to be here for a little while. He looked, he found his guy real quick, and he got him to commit. He addressed, he figured out the point guard problem in the matter, from the time the season ended in like, what, a week and a half, two weeks, and the point guard problem solved. That That's reassuring, just the fact that Tom had the awareness and wasn't stubborn because he so easily could be. Like, you're, he's fucking Tom Izzo. He doesn't need to do shit. He doesn't need to do anything. Let alone, you think, someone if someone tells him, hey, Tom, there's this kid in the transfer portal, he plays point guard, we need one. If Tom would have been like, shut up, this is my program, no one's going to bat an eye." So, it makes me feel good that knowing Tom is open to change, he realized, he looked at other teams and is like, oh, shit, this kind of works for them. So, we're Michigan State, it'll probably work even better for us. And he, boom, he, boom, made the adjustment, made the change, did what he needed to do, and now point guard the biggest area of question on this past year's team and going into next year because going into next year was like what AJ Hogard's gonna play or Jaden Akins like Jaden Akins needs to be ready to go as a true freshman like that's what we're banking on which I think Jaden Akins like I could talk about him for years I think Jaden Akins is gonna be an absolute stud at Michigan State but to ask the day one true freshman guy to be like hey man we want to win the Big Ten. So, like, not only do we need you to be okay, we need you to be good right out the gate. And you're in the Big Ten playing really good kids every night. But you have no time to, like, there are no bad learning games. Like, you just need to be good. It's nice that we got a, a guy with a year of playing experience. Not only a year of playing experience, but a year of playing experience where, um, you know, I don't want to say dominated because I never watched the guy, but he's putting up stats that Cassius Winston was putting, it up, putting up at Michigan State. Obviously different playing levels, but he was Cassius Winston there. That makes me feel pretty fucking good. And guess what? We still have Akins and all these guys coming in. Now less pressure on him, learn the ropes, hang out on the bench, Like play reduced minutes, come off the bench, and then if shit happens, Walker gets hurt or he's playing poorly, whatever, maybe Akins is more suited to step into a role. So the Tyson Walker news, big news for State. Massive news this morning for State as well. Rocket Watts, man. He's gone. Rocket Watts is no longer a Michigan State Spartan. Um, Before we get to that, I'm going to take a quick break. And also, obviously, Michigan, Michigan, they beat the piss, the shit, the breaks off. They murdered Florida State. Um, They play Tuesday. They play UCLA, oddly enough. Full circle. Life's a funny thing. So I'll talk about Michigan, too, and just the run they've had and I don't know, like where their program's at. I was listening to, if Michigan fans, Michigan State fans, if you're on Twitter, you probably know who Ant Wright is. He had a locker room, similar to Clubhouse, session today where they were talking about Michigan and Michigan State and where the programs are at. Kind of got the juices flowing. So I just want to talk about Michigan and Juwan. Um, And, you know, I want to cater to Michigan fans, too. I know I'm a State fan, but... I want to throw in some Michigan stuff. They're going They're going to the Elite Eight. They got a shot at the Final Four. Like, I got to talk about them at least a little bit. So we'll do that after the break. All right. First, let's do the Rocket news. So, I don't know, kind of surprising, kind of not surprising. Interesting. Rocket, this morning, Monday morning or Monday afternoon, I don't know, earlier today said he's transferring out. I don't know. I guess let's go one thing at a time. Because I want to talk about, like, A, how I feel about it. What If I'm sad. If I'm happy. Because that's a whole bag to unpack. I'm an emotional wreck. Or, well, that and, like, the predictability of it. I guess first let's do the predictability. I'm a little surprised. A little surprised just because now you look at State. Tyson Walker coming in. If he wanted to, Rocket would be back to doing what he wanted. He's wanted to do all along. He would be back to doing what he was doing when he thrived as a freshman, when he was playing with Cassius Winston, which is playing a, sh- a true shooting guard. Like all of a sudden now Tom can say rocket all that other shit. I told you last year, like about passing the ball and running a pick and roll fucking make like SpongeBob and burn the files. Like you don't need to know any of that. All you need to think about is hitting threes and driving to the lane. He could be a true shooting guard again. He could do what he wants to do. And when I talk about Rocket and when I think about his game in that freshman year, and it was like watching some of those performances, it was like, dude, this guy, this guy's going to be a stud by the time he leaves here. Coming into this year, I'm on record. I did an episode. I did a pod. I think it was before Michigan State's basketball season started. Where I came on here and I said, I think Rocket Watts, like a dark horse, Big Ten player of the year candidate. Nobody's talking about him. He has the talent, the potential, and I wouldn't be totally surprised if he, like, averaged 20 and did it. I genuinely, genuinely believe that coming into the season. And I honestly still believe that a little bit. I still believe that that player's in there. Um, they didn't go as planned this year. Like, maybe that player's a little farther away than I thought it was. Maybe he'll never tap into it, but I still think the potential for him to be that 15, 20 point a game guy still exists. You watch him when he played with Cassius Winston, you watch him as a shooting guard, that dude could play. So a little bit surprising just because he could go back to that and just be a straight up two now and play at Michigan state and do all those things. But on the flip side, a little, you know, you can also see it coming. Like, It's weird. It's weird. It would have made sense both ways. Like, if he would have stayed, I would have been like, okay, yeah, I get that. And now that he's leaving, I'm like, yeah, I I get that too because Max Christie's coming in who's, like, supposed to be a lottery pick after his freshman year. Um, Probably Rockets looking at that like, oh, shit, this dude probably going to play, like, pretty fucking quick. If not start right away, he's going to play a lot of minutes right away. And then Pierre Brooks, the other freshman, shooting guard as well. Like, Rocket's probably looking at that saying, like, all right, well, if I stick around, eh, going to be a bit of a crowded room. All of a sudden, if, I, if what happens this year happens again next year, like, I struggle. I go through a couple weeks where I can't hit a shot, and then one of these kids takes my spot and they play well, like, that's pretty much it. Like, then I'm looking at transferring, except the only difference is it'll be a year later. So that makes sense, too. I don't know. I don't know. Also, you know, when he's transferring now, he can look and pick a spot and go somewhere where he can look at the roster, talk to the coach, and say, all right, well, I'm going to fucking play 30 minutes a game. What, Like, I? it's a fact. I'm going to start and play 30 minutes a night, 100%. Where at State, sure, maybe he comes out of the gates next year and balls out, and that ends up being his role. Or maybe he kind of continues what he's doing this year, and all of a sudden, by the 10th game, Max Christie's playing playing 30 minutes a night, and Rocket's playing like 10, 12, 15. So, I get it. I, I could see both ways. If he would have stayed, I wouldn't have been surprised. Him leaving, I'm not surprised. As far as how I feel, I'm definitely, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. I made the video about it today. I posted a little reaction on Twitter. It's bittersweet because of this. On one hand, I get like, people that are dancing in the streets that he's gone, first of all, fucking pump the brakes, like, relax a little bit, like, we it, don't be celebrating this kid leaving, who cares, like, don't, well, I guess not who cares, but, you know, it's mean, it's a little mean, like, oh, this 19-year-old kid decided he's not gonna play for us anymore, let's have a party, like, that's kind of mean, right? Um, not to be a pussy, but you know what I'm saying. On the one hand, it's like I'm fine with it because he did stink this year. Like he was – I talked about it so many times. I don't want to get into it and get into a rabbit hole. But, again, it's like how? How is this the same kid we watched as a freshman? Like it does not make sense. His trajectory after that freshman year was like this kid's going to be – you could put Jesus Christ on this guy and he'd be able to hit a step back three on him. And this year it was just like – Bro, does he even make shots? Like, does he make shots in practice? Has he ever driven the ball? Like, has he hit a three? Ever? Like, since last year, has he made a three? Like, it was just frustrating. The turnovers, too. He never was that guy on defense that I think people thought he could be. Just really frustrating, really frustrating too, especially because he's one of those guys where you look at him, or at least from my perspective, you look at him and you're like, this dude should be good. Like this guy should be good at basketball. He should put up numbers. He should be able to lock up other teams' point guards. And he just doesn't. So on the one hand, okay, I'm fine with it. Like almost kind of good where I talked about the young guys we have coming in. Now we can now Tom Izzo doesn't have a choice. Now Tom Izzo doesn't have a choice. Now, hey, Max Christie, um, you're going to play a shit ton right away. Like, now Tom does not have a choice. Pierre Brooks, you're also probably going to play quite a bit right away. So these guys, not to throw them into the fire, because I don't know if that's necessarily always great, but it will be good. They'll have room to grow. They'll be able to play. They'll be happy with their time. Like it will Next offseason, we won't have to be sitting here saying – Ah, Well, Rockin' and Max Christie got a lot of those minutes, so I hope Pierre Brooks doesn't transfer. Like, we're not going to have to worry about that, which is awesome. But it is sad. Like, I am sad. I can't help it because of what he gave us freshman year. That Seton Hall game, that three he hit, if you can remember that game, he hit a three down the stretch, like 40 seconds left. Cassius Winston gave up the ball. They give it to him, a true freshman. It was like our eighth game of the year. He hits on the road. Hits a massive three with the clock winding down. That Illinois game, he had like 18 in the first half. Won us that game. Michigan this year, he had 18 or 20 or something. Just fucking won the game on it. The offense was just let Rocket shoot it, and he won us the game. Like, he had some moments. He had some moments at Michigan State. He showed those flashes where it was like, dude, that Illinois game, I'll never forget. That was the number one game where – he was hitting step backs. He was getting in the lane, laying up. He was hitting floaters. He was in mid ranges. Like he was doing everything. I'll never forget that game and watching him and being literally just thinking, Oh my God. Oh my God. This guy can score anytime he wants. Um, this guy can hit a step back three. It's not like, Oh, he gets to the rim. Maybe they won't call a foul. and I'll This guy can just hit a step back three any fucking time he wants. He's like Paul George. Um, He goes by any defender in the country. He's just faster than you. He goes directly by you. Um, He's athletic as shit. He can hit float. Like, hold on. Hold on. This guy's going to average 20 points a game easily next year. That's who he was in that Illinois game. So, it sucks that it didn't pan out. It sucks that it didn't pan out at state. But I'm sad because I had such high hopes for him. Also, his nickname's Rocket. Like, bro, he was born to be good at basketball. He was born to come to Michigan State and be a big-time dude. Rocket, come on. And I think I'm sad because deep down, I still, I'm holding on to like a sliver of that where it's like, I'll I'll come on here and say he stunk all year this year, he wasn't good. Like, deep down, like 5% of me is like, he's like that guy's in there the guy we saw against illinois that dude is in there like he still exists there's a version of rocket watts where you can't guard him and he averages 18 and four there's a version of that guy maybe it's mark watts maybe it's maybe if he has a middle name he goes by that i don't know maybe it's just not rocket so i respect rocket changing it up maybe he just needs a fresh you know Just a reset, just fucking new place, new people, different headspace, clear his mind. He's probably got some shitty feelings about how this year went. Probably some negative, negative, negative thoughts went through his head over the course of that year. How could it not? Especially when, if you ask Rocket, he'd probably tell you the same shit. He'd look at you and say, bro, I know I'm capable of putting up 20 a game. That's why I can't stand the fact that I'm not doing it. Like... You don't think he doesn't believe that deep down? I know sure as shit he does. player like that, too, like, his job is to be a pro scorer. So, disappointing. It's sad. Like, I hope he goes to Louisville or Florida State or wherever and just fucking cooks kids and balls out. But that day is going to be even more sad because I know, like, deep down, I swear it's like a Bill Simmons bit. I can't remember the player he uses as reference, but he's like that guy that even though he's not good – I'll always think he's going to be good. That's how Rocket Watts is. Like, I just saw a full-ass 30-game season of him being awful, and I'm still, deep down, a a little part of me is like, this guy, don't tell anyone, but I still think this guy's going to be good. (laughs) Even though he just proved he's not, or he, I mean, at least it's farther away than we thought. I'm still like, he's going to be good. Uh, He could be dead. Rocket Watts will be a 42-year-old man, dropping his kid off at school and going and playing pickup at the Y, shooting two for 14 and not getting a rebound, and I'll still be sitting here like, he's good. Like, he's he can play at the Division I level. He'll be a good player. He'll get you 15 a night. I'll still be sitting here doing that. So, bittersweet, but farewell to Rocket. Wish him the best. Spartan Dog, some great moments, some great shot. Like, not a ton of games either where it's like the Rocket-Watts game other than the Illinois and then Michigan this year. But um, has some shots. The scene hall shot. He had a couple against Maryland. There's that picture of Malik Hall over him, where he's like punching his chest. Oh man, sick ass picture. He's got some good moments, so he will be missed. Also, just like the the pipe dream that was Rocket Watts being able to be in an off season and say, "Oh, don't worry." Like the year he was coming into as a freshman, and then coming into this year, I'll miss the I'll miss being able to go. Oh, Rocket will be sick though. Like, don't we'll be all right. We got Rocket. I'll miss that too. So, farewell. Hope wish him the best. But this is what it is. Shit happens, people change, move on. It's a win-win. That's the best way to look at it. All right, now I need to talk a little bit of Michigan. They fucking beat the hell out of Florida State. Few things on that game. I want to just talk about like Jawan and and the program and being in the or potentially going to the Final Four. Um, A, first and foremost, if you're a Michigan fan right now, you got to be juiced because this is coming out Tuesday. They play at 10 PM tonight, which blows. Also, why the fuck do they schedule it like this? Bro, you're putting, why did we switch up from Thursday, Sunday from Thursday to Sunday? You're putting the elite eight game at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, brother. Like I, what? I don't even know if I'm going to watch, like literally, I don't know if I'm going to watch Michigan tomorrow. I should, I want to, but like, I got to wake up at seven in the morning, dog. I don't want to stay up till midnight to watch if they win. I don't care if they lose. I don't care. Like bro, 10 PM on a Tuesday. Who the fuck's idea was that? You got to wake up in the middle of the work week the next day. Like at least, at least when they do these games on a Thursday night, the Friday, everybody knows like the Friday, it's like, you can be a little off your game on a Friday. It's Friday. Like, take it easy. Everyone knows too, like Michigan played last night. You can, take it easy. You can be a little off your game. Like on a Wednesday, come on, man. I hate that. But if you're a Michigan fan, you got to be juiced. Said it a million times, especially when state was still alive. This is why being a college hoops fan is great. Like you have the highest of the highest stakes tonight. You're playing on the national stage, all the eyes on you. The glory of a final four appearance if you win, which I also love about college hoops. The only sport where you can still not win, and it's a great, great season. Like final fours, they're not national championships, obviously, but final fours and college hoops, it's like that's, you know, it's not a national championship, but like that's a fucking big season. That's huge. You get a banner for that. You get a banner for that. They won the Big Ten regular season. They get a Final Four banner, too. That is a hell of a season for Juwan in his second year, nonetheless. Hell of a season if they pull it off. So, big day for Michigan fans. I'm extremely jealous that you get to watch your team. You get to have those emotions and be uptight and nervous and sweaty and anxious and excited. I'm very jealous. For all of that, I wish Michigan State. Fucking A, I wish they were still in it. Especially to like really? If they if they're playing UCLA? Like, really, bro? Michigan State was up five with a minute, <laughs> with a minute and a half left on those guys. And now they're playing Michigan in the Elite Eight? Bro, really? Come on! <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine that Michigan State team making a run to an Elite 8? That would have been chaos. Talk about fueling the Izzo like Mr. March narrative. And could you imagine Michigan and Michigan State playing for a trip to the Final Four? Playing the trilogy game for a trip to the Final Four. Ah! Oh, ah! Oh, ah! Oh. It would be so perfect. So fucking perfect. That's like what I'm most disappointed about now. Obviously, I'm sad that State's lost and they're not in it. And UCLA's made this run and it's like fucking A. We were a minute and a half away from that being us. But the fact that they're playing Michigan too, it's like, bro. We could have had MSU Michigan for a spot in the Final Four. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that, dude? Oh, my God. That's fucked up. That's fucked up that that's even a possibility, but whatever. If you're Michigan, you got to be feeling good, though. I mean, UCLA, I still don't get it, bro. They just, That Juzang kid and Miguel Jordan, the fucking Jaime Jaquez, whatever his goddamn name is, they just make shit. They get, they're like, yeah, why don't you pretty much foul me? Why don't you just get right in my face and almost touch the ball when I let it go, but I'll just make it anyway. These dudes just, they just make shit. They make everything. It doesn't even make sense. So on, on one hand, it's like UCLA is hot as balls right now. And it's always a scary thought when the other team's calling card is, I don't care how good the defense you're playing is. Like when that's how they make their money on just beating your good defense. That's always a scary thought. That's how it was against us. That fucking Hawkeyes kid was just cooking, didn't miss a jump shot. And it's like, when when that's the the game plan for them, when that's why they've made it to the Elite Eight, because they just don't miss anything, that's probably always going to make you a little nervous. On the flip side, Michigan, you have more talent. You have the better coach. You have the better players. You have the better system. Defensive fortress when Michigan's on top of their shit. So they should make it tough on UCLA. But again, like UCLA, it's not like they've gotten here by hitting layups. They've gotten here by making contested twos and threes. That's a scary thought. They got guys that fill it up. But you got to feel good if you're Michigan. The one thing I want to talk about, I don't want to talk about the game a ton. Like, I don't know. and Like, I don't, I'm not an analyst guy. I'm not here to analyze the game. Michigan's program is so impressive right now. Juwan Howard In year two, in year two, is playing for a trip to the Final Four. Playing for a trip to the Final Four in year two? That is so fucking impressive, dude. Do you know how hard... I mean, again, either way, I would consider this a very successful season for U of M. Especially when you think about where they were when the year started. Going into the season, people were like, oh, Michigan might be kind of ass this year. They win the Big Ten, they're a one seed... They finish like they sure, even if they lose in an elite eight appearance. Earlier in the year, people were like Michigan stinks. They're going to finish like seventh in the Big Ten. Big Ten champions and a and an elite eight appearance like that also is a great season. And Juwan's in a second year. That's a great season too. That's a great season, too. The Final Four would just put it over the top, and God forbid they win a national championship. If they win a national championship, this has to be the greatest second year anyone's ever had in their coaching career. NBA, NFL, I don't even care. Has to be. Has to be. If you're a Michigan fan right now, you got to feel so good about the state of the program. Like As a state fan, it's weird because on one hand, it's like, Obviously, I hate Michigan. It's weird for me, though, too. Is I hate, like, I truly hate Michigan football. I hope they never come close to winning a game ever. I love making fun of them. I love when they lose. Jim Harbaugh is the worst. Like, I hate U of M football. Michigan basketball is different. I always kind of liked Beeline. Like, he always seemed like a real good guy. I always kind of liked him. Um, I mean, they've had hateable players like Wagner couldn't stand him. And I guess, too, like Michigan State, for the most part, it's it's evened up definitely lately. But it's always felt like oh, MSU is the basketball school kind of thing. So I, maybe I wasn't as threatened. I don't know. But I've never really hated Michigan basketball, even though I probably should. But it's like, dude, Jawan, recruiting is nuts off. Playing the transfer market, nuts off. He can coach. They're just winning games. He took a team who people were like, They'll be middle to the back end of the table in the Big Ten, and now they're fucking in the Elite Eight. Like, Juwan Howard in the Big Ten, as an MSU fan, too, at our arch rival, scary thought. Scary thought. Scary, but I love it, too. I love love the rivalry. Like, I love – it sucked even this year. Obviously, it was cool. We got pounded the first time we played Michigan, but it was cool that we beat them the second time. So it was like, oh, the rivalry, you know. Rivalry game, State still got it. Izzo's got his fastball still. But last year, like the games last year and the year before, obviously B-Line was still there. There's nothing better than like a Saturday in February and it's Michigan, Michigan State tipping off at like three. Those games, and it's like a top ten matchup, those games when MSU and Michigan are both top end and it's a rivalry game and everything's on the line – that shit is my favorite thing in the world. So on one end, it's like, yeah, I'd like Michigan State to always beat Michigan and Tom Izzo to win national championships and Big Tens and Juwan to not. But on the flip side, it's like, I love I love that Michigan's good because when now every time Michigan State plays Michigan, it's going to be like the Super Bowl. Every time. Every time. And I know Duke UNC is the college basketball rivalry, but you look at Michigan, Michigan State, some of the games that have been played, like how even it is, Tally-wise, the last 10 years, maybe not the best rivalry in college hoops. It's got to be second, though. Like, Michigan, Michigan State fucking delivers. And Juwan Howard, I mean, he's going to keep it going. If anything, fucking, ex- like, propel it. He's a beast. Juwan is an absolute dog. On what, Like, I'm a little jealous of Michigan fans. I love Tom Izzo, but you got to love where the program's at. You have to love where the program's at if you're a Michigan fan. Anyways, that's all I got on Michigan. Just had to touch on them. Great spot, playing for a Final Four. It's why you love college basketball. It's why you're a fan. It's why you watched all them games throughout the winter. Big day. Big day. I'm excited to see what happens. That's all I got today. Appreciate everyone listening per usual. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with a little Confessions of a Young Professional talking some, some work shit. You know how it goes. And then the rest of this week I'll have a guest on later this week. Not exactly sure what we'll talk about yet. Still thinking, and then maybe some current events or random stuff, whatever. You know the drill. On Twitter at next second string, Instagram at the period second period string. The second string Detroit at gmail.com. Appreciate everyone listening as always. I'll see you guys tomorrow.